Hey, Mama. Just a quick note before we jump into today's episode. If you're listening to this episode in real time, the doors to my three-month group coaching program, Matrescence Unlocked, are now open. This space is designed to be a sanctuary of self-discovery for mothers moving through matrescence. This time can feel so lonely and isolating, but you don't have to go it alone. It's time to unlock the deeper calling of evolution through your own unique matrescence journey. You have one week to join with doors closing on the 17th of June, 2022. Check out the link in the show notes to join this round. Or if you've missed this round but want to be prepared for the next, you can access the wait list from the same link. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to Matrescence Awakening with Kieran Lee. I am your host, Kieran, and this is your space for delving into the world of spirituality through matrescence. I'm here to unpack the woo through conversations with some of my favorite spiritual powerhouses, which leads me to introduce today's incredible guest. I'm so excited for you to meet my beautiful friend and mentor, Alexander Wyatter. Alex is a sensual wealth coach who guides women to connect to their sensuality and unlock limitless exponentiality. Originally from Chicago and an entrepreneur at heart, she left her on-paper-perfect corporate fashion merchandising career and moved to Australia in 2018. Fast forward to 2022, together with her husband and their two daughters on her hip, Alex has built a million-dollar soulful product business in under three years. Alex has coached hundreds of entrepreneurs across the globe to build e-commerce businesses, which led her to explore how the mind, body, and spirit interact in business and the creation of wealth. Unraveling the connection between her sensuality, motherhood, and wealth has by far been the biggest needle mover in her own business and, most importantly, the lives of her clients. Her mission is to guide women and mothers everywhere to tap into their sensuality and alchemize the abundant lives of their dreams. Alex, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on the potty and delve into this world with you. Oh my gosh. I I cannot wait. When you were reading my bio, um, so I guess we'll just kick off and say I'm currently seven weeks postpartum with um, our second daughter. And when you were reading my bio, I was like, wow, it's been a long, it's been a really packed three years. <laughs> You've had a big three years. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's cool to have that like I don't know, just kind of read about yourself from like an outside perspective and be like, whoa, you know, the days seem really long, but like we get a lot done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to delve into this, well, really like the, the last three years for you, which has been huge in your growth and understanding and and business building and motherhood and all the things. So let's maybe start our conversation by touching on what does spirituality mean to you? What does it mean to be a spiritual being and live with this, with this practice? I think that answer will change depending on the day for many of us. And Mm -hmm. I think you know, spirituality is truly just being in tune with yourself and your divinity to me and source and understanding that you were created for a unique and divine purpose. And 
we get to unravel that. We get to see how that plays out and we get to really own and be the driver of that story throughout our lives. So as you've been going through the last big three years, what do you feel like in this moment, and this will probably change again depending on the day, but what what do you feel right in this moment is your unique and divine purpose for being here? Genuinely, I feel like my unique and divine purpose in this very moment, in this season of my life for being here is to pour all of my heart and soul into my family. And my corporate self would never have considered that to be a purpose. And what I'm starting to see is the more I just really sink into the season and honor where my energy wants to be with my newborn, with my three-year-old daughter, with my husband, with myself, that spills over into everything. And so for me right now, the focus in living as a spiritual being is actually pouring everything that I have into my family first. And yeah, it feels really good to claim that. Yeah, absolutely. And what a beautiful life and business that you've been able to create to be able to really honour this season that you're in right now in in showing up fully for your family in this beautiful fourth trimester bubble that you're in at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I was actually just having this kind of really tearful moment every day, but... um, But the other day, specifically on this, um, just really being in gratitude for all of the decisions and the hard days that my past self has endured and has made to get us here and to be so supported and to be so spacious. Uh, My husband and I are both in the cocoon of postpartum this time around, which is so different to when our first daughter was born. And um, yeah, it's just, it's feeling really good. And so I think as I'm sitting here, just pouring all of my energy into my family, without a doubt comes up, I just want every woman to feel like this in postpartum. And that's like this fire that ignites within me where it's, yeah, that's my soul. That's my deeper soul work. That is why I'm here on a bigger picture to help women embark upon that journey and feel all of the spaciousness and just safety within motherhood, however that looks for them. Yeah. So it's almost like there's that bigger purpose there in that you are so deep in living and feeling this. So you know what that feels like. You have the tools, you have the experience to be able to help guide women when you're ready and outside of your own cocoon. Because how can we teach and guide things that we haven't yet felt or experienced, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so you said um, that you had that on paper, perfect um, corporate fashion position and that you never would have thought that you would have described your purpose for being deep in your family when you were in that place. So Mm. what's that journey looked like from moving to, I have this, this perfect job that, you know, so many women would probably kill for. And only three years later, you're like, that's just such a completely different person, such a completely different perspective and outlook. What's that journey been like? It must've been intense. I could imagine maybe to shift shift that quickly and that deeply. Yeah. And you know, intense is totally the right word for it because at the same time that I was shifting from that corporate identity, you know, that really high achieving high power woman. um, And there's nothing wrong with that identity either, but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't for me on a deeper level. Um, 
at the same time I was shifting out of that, I was also postpartum with my first daughter. (laughs) So it was like one identity shift, then another. And I had just moved to Australia. So a completely new part of the world where all of my soul friends and family at that time were on the other side of the planet. And yeah, that was, it, it was, it was deep. It was really stretchy. And I had 2019 was a very rock bottom year for me, um, where I just, I really felt disconnected from my body. I felt disconnected from my purpose as a result. Um, and it was almost like I would wake up every day, just like grasping for some semblance of meaning. And although I just touched on right now, my biggest purpose is being with my family at that time, three years ago, that was really hard for me to wrap my mind around and also just accept, um, you know, because as women, I, I do think that these days we are told you've got to do it all. You've got to be this hyper-productive purpose-driven career woman. You've also got to be the perfect mother and run a perfect household. And it's like, those are three full-time jobs. Let's just acknowledge that. And And one of those jobs is way more than full-time and it's not the household and it's not the purpose. (laughs) So Yeah, I'm hearing you. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we just get, we just get stretched as women in so many different directions and to break up with needing one of those identities to mean everything to us is a really, is a really big and deep and profound process for sure. So when you were in that corporate role and you were thinking about this big change and becoming a mother, was that a hard thought for you? Was that a hard thing to think, okay, I'm going to give up my career. I'm going to put my career on hold to start a family. Or did that feel like it was the next best thing for you? It's really interesting because it all came as a surprise. So um, in April of 2018 was when we fell pregnant with our first daughter and that my husband and I had been doing long distance for just under two years. Um, I was living in Vancouver. He was living in Adelaide at the time, actually. And there was just this light that flicked on in my head and I knew that it was time to move to Australia. So I in my head, I was like, cool, we're moving. And apparently my first daughter, Aurora was like, and I'm coming with you. (laughs) The little spirit baby followed you. (laughs) Uh She did. So I, after that trip where I had to see Aiden, where I had decided this is the last round trip ticket. The next one is the one-way flight. I got back to Vancouver. I quit my job a week later, found out that we were pregnant. And so, so there was, there was just only resonance in my body at that time where I just, I knew that I was meant to move to Australia. Like there was no question about it. And I had always felt the entrepreneur itch like deep within my belly for years. Mm -hmm. I just had no idea what it was going to look like. So in that moment, no, actually to answer your question, there wasn't this like thought process of, it feels like the right time to start a family. It was just like, I knew it was time to go. I went, Spirit baby came with, and then <laughs> shit hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> and your spirit baby's like, mm, better to ask for forgiveness. Exactly. <laughs> permission. No, exactly. And like, just knowing her personality today, I'm like, that is your personality to a T. <laughs> <laughs> and so you had your beautiful daughter. 
And what was it like to be thrown into the world of motherhood for you? What was that? Maybe that first, you know, that first 12 months like when you're adjusting to now a new country, being full-time with your partner and having a baby. Yeah, it was big. Um, I would actually say though, the having the baby part was the easiest for me personally. And I know that won't be the case for everyone. Um, but I just, and I was never someone that really identified as maternal before we got pregnant. Um, I was like, yeah, I'll have kids, but they'll just be there and I'll just keep doing my thing. Um, and I had, yeah, I, I just had a lot of trouble identifying with what maternal felt like to me. But the second I held Aurora in my arms, it was like, the, I mean, how could you ever put it into words? It's just your entire being becomes consumed by this love for them. And we were blessed with a very beautiful birth and a very beautiful fourth trimester together. And I think it was actually as fourth trimester was coming to an end, I was like, wow, I, I made it unscathed. <laughs> and then the universe was like, hmm, that's funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that time period was actually just a really, it was a really beautiful cocoon, but in a very different way um, where I, I felt very internally lost as to what my purpose was outside of motherhood. And then also feeling okay to even admit that I longed for a purpose outside of motherhood, because that's, that just welcomes in a whole new spectrum of the mama guilt and um, worrying that we're making our children feel like they're not enough for us. But um, yeah, really it gets to be both and it should be both if that's what, if that's what we choose. Yeah, there's this big story that that should be enough. We asked for this life. We brought this child into the world. Why are we not feeling fulfilled by this role in motherhood? And that was something big for me that I struggled with also because I had grown up ever since I can remember always looking after the the younger babies and always being really excited to be a mum. And my purpose is being a mum. I can't wait to be a mum. Like, you know, my whole life was building up to the moment of me being a mother and then I become a mother and I was like, is this it? Is this how it's supposed to feel? Yeah. And I would just love to touch on, um, just make a little comment in there about that beautiful moment when you kind of felt that maternal instinct kick in, Mm -hmm. right? And you had beautiful Aurora in your arms. And thank you for sharing about that. I also just really want to acknowledge and honor the mamas that don't necessarily feel that maternal instinct instantly, because that is just as normal. And sometimes it does take time to build that bond and connection. So just really honoring anyone that's listening that may have had a different experience to yours. There is no right or wrong experience within that moment. Yes. Um, so you had that shift from that maiden to mother and something that you teach in your work now is around these archetypes, this maiden mother and crone archetype. So for anyone that's not heard of or not familiar with these archetypes, I'd love if you could just break down, particularly the maiden to mother, because this is a really big shift. And I think it's really powerful that you teach this within your work. So I'd love to bring that conversation to this space. Yeah, absolutely. It's, there's a really beautiful psychologist. She's based in the U S and she's very spiritual. Um, she studies and teaches a lot about the goddess archetype. So maiden mother and crone being, um, a few of those archetypes. And when I came across her work, 
The most striking thing that I have ever read in my life was something along the lines of this in an article that she wrote. The transition from maiden to mother, aka having a baby, is one of the most stark and transformative and life-changing experiences we can have next to death. And not that that's meant to be morbid in any way, but really just painting the picture of it really doesn't, we really don't shift as people from one extreme to another so quickly in literally a split second, like one minute, the baby's in you, the next minute it's out. Um, like truly no matter how, what our labor and birth experiences were, like the baby is in and then it's out. And, yes. <laughs> um, and so just when I read that and kind of looked at those two parallels, like, wow, one second, it's this one second, it's completely different. I thought, gosh, that how, how are we not doing more to honor that, to learn about it and to really also surrender to it as women? And, and why isn't this more talked about? Um, you know, why aren't mothers, and, and maidens learning from women who have gone before us, you know, so learning from crones, why aren't maidens learning from mothers and why aren't mothers and crones looking back on our maiden phase of life and understanding, oh, like I get to pick and choose what I want from that phase to carry in to the rest of my life with me. And almost like learning from your inner child, you can absolutely learn from your maiden as a mother, even as a crone. Um, yeah. So I think, gosh, it's just such deep, deep work, um, untangling the relationships between all three energy archetypes. Yes. And something that, um, you taught me that was quite powerful for me is that we get to choose the lessons that we take mm-hmm. from one energy type into another, because I would often look back at my maiden years and think, oh my God, like, what was I thinking? What was I doing? Like I made so many silly choices and be really harsh on myself for the things that I did within those years of exploration, I suppose. Yeah. But actually when I was able to switch that thinking and switch that or flip that switch to actually, I learned a lot of really incredible things in that time. And and I've got the things with me that I chose to bring and I can release the things that maybe didn't, don't serve me now, but still look back on that time and hold a lot of respect for myself, even though I wouldn't be doing the same things now. And I think you said it so beautifully during that time of exploration, it gets to be a time of trial and error and you get to leave things behind. You get to carry things forward with you and it is your choice. And to be able to hold yourself in such a deep space of reflection and and non-judgment, I think is just probably one of the most important things that we can do when we're looking back on that time in our lives and deciding what stays, what goes. Yeah. And I think it's also beautiful um, when you talk about that these archetypes are more around energy. So you can still have be or be in that mother archetype without necessarily having children. And I think something that really resonates with me is since becoming a single mum, I feel like I can switch between the mother archetype and the maiden archetype Ooh. because there's 
part of me, you know, when I don't have my kids and I'm out exploring the things that bring me joy and make me feel yeah. playful and all these things, I'm like, it feels more like I'm in that maiden phase again. Yeah. And then I can get to be with my kids. And I, when I run my business and when I go and hang out like with my soul fam, yeah. I can really feel in that mother archetype. So having this beautiful switch and, and flow between the two in this stage of my life is really exciting and really beautiful. Yeah. I love that Kieran. I especially love that because I think you are just such this beautiful example of thriving in single motherhood. And I know that you and I have talked about this quite a bit before where that's just totally not the narrative and you never for one single second have been like, Oh, I'm going to take that on for you. It's like, this is how you're rewriting. And I think Gosh, I had never even considered that, you know, you get to consciously switch in between, you know, mother and maiden, depending, literally depending on what day it is. And like, you yeah. have that power. That's amazing. I'm like a, I'm like a weekend maiden. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Mother by day, maiden by night. <laughs> oh, speaking of, <laughs> yes, let's move into this beautiful work that you do around sensuality and, yeah. and sexuality and, and the sacral secret. So for anyone that's never or, or that maybe doesn't understand chakras and this energy sort of type and the way that energy moves through our chakras and things like that, what is, what's our sacral? Can you talk about that? And then tell us a bit more about what the sacral secret is that you speak so beautifully about. Yeah. So our sacral chakra is the second energy center of our body. So if you are a person, I'm going to try to be as inclusive with my language as possible. So if I get this wrong, um, I'm really owning that. Um, but so if you are a person who owns a womb or a uterus, that will be your sacral area. So you can kind of think about that anatomically in your body. If you are a person that does not identify with owning a womb or a uterus or anatomically, you don't have one, just think of it as the area right, right below your navel. Um, so when you're thinking about sacral energy, it's all got to do with creativity, abundance, pleasure, money, um, essentially anything that anything that lights you up and allows you to feel pleasure will be emanating from your sacral. And so the sacral secret essentially means that the more pleasure we experience, the more everything else that is related to that creative energy, heightens as well. So everything touches everything. And the way that I teach this is really diving deep into the relationship between sex and money. And it's such an interesting thing to me that sex and money are two of the most taboo topics mm. in our society. Yeah. But they're also the thing that we all want more of. Like, who doesn't want more sex? Who doesn't want more wealth and abundance? And by the way, who doesn't deserve and desire more of those two things? And really just owning that it's perfectly okay and beautiful. The universe actually wants you to have more of both. <laughs> and and we've just we've made it such this different conversation. But really going back to the work that I notice is most shifting specifically in mother's postpartum. And this was totally my experience when I was kind of shifting out of that really rock bottom year was getting 
back in touch with my sensuality and understanding that it could look different. And I got to start over kind of like we get to pick and choose what we take into motherhood from our maidenhood with us. And I would imagine the same would be true as we transition into, you know, the crone energy time of our lives. But really just understanding that we do get to rewrite our sensuality and our sexuality as mothers, and it doesn't necessarily have to look or feel the same as it did pre-kids. And so the work that I do with women is just really beautiful because it essentially is like coming home to your body and remembering that you get to feel however you want to feel. And in going deeper into that, it's unapologetically and absolutely tied to the amount of pleasure, abundance, wealth, and creativity that you feel. Because again, all of these energies, I like to call them abundance frequencies of the universe. They all reside in our sacral, all of them. Yeah. And when you talk about pleasure and sensuality and sexuality and these sorts of things, we're not just talking about like going out and having big orgies every yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah. like that is not not the energy or, or the purpose of this. So when you say those things, what are you actually referring to? I'm referring to anything that makes you feel good and juicy and lush and open and receptive to your intuition in any given moment. So some days that could look like going for a dip in the ocean. Some days that could look, I always use the example of my morning cup of tea. Like to me, that's my, that's my sacral anchor. It just gets me back into my body. So when I'm talking about pleasure and sensuality, let's, let's ignore the word sexuality completely for like this part of the conversation. When I'm talking about pleasure and sensuality, I'm talking about being fully present in your body, being fully aware of what's making you feel really good. And spoiler alert, sometimes it feels like sexual turn on because it's all the same energy. It's all that flow. And so if you can, I call it sprinkling a little bit of everyday sexy into your routine. If you can just find one anchor, like for me, it's the morning cup of tea or it's wearing the same pair of gold earrings every day because it just makes me feel like that little bit more spruced up. Um, Yeah. If you can find or create anchors like that in your life to just remind you that you are a feeling being, that that makes all the difference. And that can really start to help you tap into, well, this makes me feel good. This doesn't. And then we'll start to find that our intuition is maybe becoming a little bit louder and stronger because we're giving her the chance to speak. And then we're listening and acting on what she's saying. And then comes this overflow of creativity and and just direction and devotion to whatever it is our souls are calling us to do. And generally, when we step in the direction of our soul purpose, we are energetically compensated with more wealth and more abundance. And so it's really just this beautiful feedback loop of do the things that make you feel good do the things, you know, be in a receptive flow state to the guidance of our intuition, do the things that she tells us, even though they might feel scary, (laughs) (laughs) receive from the actions that we've generated. Yeah. And 
doing those beautiful things because they make you feel good and not because you think that that's what someone else is wanting or expecting or waiting for the praise of you look so sexy today yes. or you look in your feminine flow today or you're glowing yeah. today really leaning in and trusting that I'm doing this for me and I know that I'm glowing and I feel yes. fucking I feel fucking good in that glow. Yes. And yes. it's okay. It is safe for me to feel good. Because I think that's one thing for me that I've 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 really had to work on and still do continuously work on is that it is safe for me to feel feel myself. It's mm-hmm. safe for me to feel like damn girl, you're like yep. I've got it going on today. Yeah. Because usually when, you know, throughout life we're told, oh, you're just up yourself or like you're so stuck up or you're only thinking about yourself, these sorts of things. So how can we try to really acknowledge and work on those things whilst feeling safe to feel this this pleasure? I think really just understanding that when somebody generally the reason why we're scared, let me back up a little bit. Generally, the reason why we're scared to shine or feel really good or glow is because in the past, maybe there have been times where we have, you know, been radiating that Beyonce energy and someone else has been triggered by it because they are maybe insecure about their own expression of what it means to be in flow or be glowing or feel really good and really sexy. Like just let's own that. And they have potentially made us feel like we need to dull our shine to make them more comfortable. So like basically what I'm talking about here is jealousy and really just recognizing that when we're in that flow state, it's going to be a mirror to people whether we like it or not. And so being okay with being a mirror and being okay with, you know, there's a humble way to do it, of course. And then there's a not humble way to do it. And you've just got to trust that, you know, the purity from which you're coming and, you know, just recognizing when you're being a mirror for someone and letting that be okay and continuing to be a mirror for yourself and for others, because that's, I mean, that's how you help other people, come into their pleasure, come into their flow, come into their whatever energetic up levels that they're so craving. Yeah. And uh, I can definitely say that you have been a big expander for me in this space. So Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself and with people and consuming content from people who are in the state that you feel you want to be in can feel really empowering. Because it's like, well, I can see them doing that and I want to feel like that too. And it's safe for me to feel like that because that looks good to me and I can just trust that I can be in that energy and and be the same for other people as well. I really, first of all, thank you for saying that. And second of all, I really, really agree with, I mean, all of that wholeheartedly. And, you know, as you were speaking, it made me realize, you know, when we had just moved to Perth, uh, middle of 2020, and I was just really calling in soul family and soul community here, like physically here in Perth. Like I want people in person. I started to realize, I started to really pay attention to what types of women I felt insecure from or triggered by. And most of those women are now some of my closest friends because what I realized was, wow, I actually feel triggered by her insane success in business. Wow. I actually feel triggered by the fact that, you know, she's so spacious and abundant. And then I was like, actually, (laughs) 
how is that any different from what I want as a woman, as a mother, as a human being? That's literally, we are working toward the exact same thing. And once I just let that dissolve, it shifted everything. And all of a sudden it was like, you know, the the whole soul family just came pouring in because I realized that my triggers were really just me trying to stay safe in what my ego wanted me to be, which was small. And so that's, yeah, that can be a really profound, profound realization. Who's triggering you? They're probably meant to be your best friend. Yeah. So instead of sitting in that gross uncomfortableness of jealousy, just being like, well, what is this actually telling me? What is this showing me? Yeah. Yeah. What's the deeper thing? This is, this is showing me here. And that can be really confronting work to do because on some subconscious level, you've got to realize that the reason that you desire it is because you don't yet, and yet is the operative word, you don't yet have it in your life. And and that can be that can be really confronting to be like, cool, okay, we're not there yet, but who's to say we can't do the things to get there? So I suppose this could bring up some of that worthiness piece as well, mm-hmm. because you might think, well, I'm not, you might not have that conscious thought of I'm not worthy enough for this, but sometimes there's that deep inner story that we've got that I'm not worthy of having that kind of money. I'm not worthy of feeling that sexy and being a mother. You know, our whole lives we've been told that we should just play it safe, that mums are frumpy and tired and worn out and can't be sexy at all. And now we're in this moment where it's like, okay, I'm trying to shift all of these stories yeah. and and the wealth, the worthiness that I hold around thinking that I can have that. It's a big piece of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. <laughs> we're tired. We're tired mothers. <laughs> I know. And then we... I've, I know, it's like, and then I've got to breastfeed my baby around the clock on top of all of this. <laughs> yes. It's like that. I don't know if you've seen that Reels audio that's been going around and it's like, uh, you don't uh, stop trying to do all the work and then the other voice comes in and says, well, who the fuck is going to? <laughs> yeah. Part of me really deeply feels that and part of me thinks, well, that's just adding to the story that we have to be martyrs. We yeah. have to do all of this crappy mothering and household work by ourselves, you know, struggle through the the hard days and then we don't give ourselves time to come into this pleasure, yeah. to come into this joy, to come into this work that is messy and hard. So how do you juggle it all? I mean, you've got a, an incredibly successful product-based business. You, you've got an incredibly successful coaching business that you launched just last year. You've got two kids. You've got a husband that you that you find time for. How do you fit it all in? How do we, how do, we do it, Alex? What's your secret? <laughs> Boundaries. I think it's boundaries. Um, I have learned to be very boundaried. And I should also say too, all of those things have layered on, right? Like it wasn't like one day I woke up or, you know, my husband and I woke up and it was like, we had all these things like the product base, the mindful collective is our brand. Um, the mindful collective, I spent all of 2019 laying that foundation and just learning how to have it's a brand on Amazon. So like how to run an Amazon business. Um, and then, you know, after that came opportunities for coaching and consulting. And then I spent the next year, like really honing that craft. So it's like, definitely there are seasons and just honoring. Yeah. Just honoring seasons for things. Um, 
honoring your energy. And I guess that goes back to the conversation of boundaries. Um, when I started to learn more about human design last year and learn that I was a generator, all of a sudden it was like this huge permission slip of, oh, wow, I can actually do all of the things as long as they're lighting me up. So I had always had this story of, oh, I start a lot of things, but it's so hard for me to finish them now. And, and that was, that was the case for a lot of my life because I wouldn't finish them because they weren't lighting me up. So now it's just like this, really human design has totally just been this permission slip for me to be like, Oh, it's not lighting me up. We don't actually need to finish it. Um, so it, it's really just being unapologetic in what I am loving and understanding that that might change and being okay with that. Um, that is easier said than done because sometimes mm-hmm. it means like letting go of very perfectly good income streams, but they just feel so damn heavy. And I just, I can't, I wake up and it's like the one, it's one hour of my day, but I dread it all day until it happens, which then brings down everything else. So yeah. Um, understanding where your energy wants to be and that will look different for everyone. Yeah. So really taking that time to feel like, what what stories am I holding on to here? And are, are they are they true stories or is it just part of my makeup? And can I work with it instead of against it? Totally. Exactly. Yeah. That's so perfectly said. And I actually have to add this because it is like the keystone of everything, being happy to receive help and support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like full stop. Um because I am also a Capricorn sun and a Capricorn moon. So like I can get into this very (laughs) deep trench of, well, I can just do it all. Like the hashtag CEO energy. And it's like, no, (laughs) you can't do it all actually. Like you genuinely can't. So we have, we have team, um, that support us in a very big way in our Amazon brand. I am building team to support my sensuality and wealth coaching and mentorship. And um, our three-year-old daughter is in school for three days a week. We have literally accepted all of the help and support in the world in this season of postpartum. Like for the first three weeks of Araminta's life, we didn't cook one single dinner. Um, And that was just the result of me and my husband setting the intention of saying like, we are going to make it our biggest goal to allow support in this season. Um, yeah. So the support piece, I like, I cannot even underplay that or I can't play that up enough and do that enough justice because it's huge. Yeah. And again, another big story that we often have to overcome as mothers because we should be able to do it all. Yes. And if we don't do it, who's going to do it? No one will do it exactly the right way. Or, you know, even just stacking the dishwasher, they're not going to stack the dishwasher right. Well, does it really matter? Or can you just release that story that that matters? Yeah. Small little things like that as well. I read something years and years ago from a very successful female CEO, and I wish that I had remembered this or written it down somewhere, but she has children. She has three children and she is incredibly well-known in her field. And she said, look, you can be like two things on any given day, just pick them and be really sure in what they are and don't feel guilty around them. So like, one day it might be today I'm really going to focus on my health. So that looks like 
getting a workout in, you know, exercising, and I'm really going to focus on my kids. So like work stuff is just going to have to be on the back burner and that's okay. And then the next day you might choose work and self or, you know, so it's just not trying to do everything every single day. Mm, Uh, I love that. Yeah. That's so good because it could add this beautiful flow in life of, Mm. yeah, I get to wear, I am all the hats. I get to wear all of the hats, but I don't have to wear them all at the same time. Yes. Yes. Because that would look like a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) You have literally one head, like you get to pick one hat (laughs) and it's going to make you feel sexy and sensual. Yes. 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 And it should. And therefore your creativity is open and you're in the state of receival. I think that's an energy that I always forget to touch on to is receival, probably because it comes the least natural to me, but, <laughs> but yeah, like receival is an abundance energy because you have, you still have to receive money to a certain degree. You still have to receive love and sex to a certain degree. Like, so receival is like probably like the mothership of all, no pun intended of all of these abundance energies is like allowing them to come in mm-hmm. instead of the deflect. Yeah. Just like I can just imagine like the, the support or or the, yeah, the receival coming in and hitting like a, a tin or metal barrier and just ping straight yes. off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you wearing a metal barrier? Just like <laughs> ping, 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 ping. Yeah. I love that <laughs> metaphor. It's true. Yeah. That was totally me. <laughs> Oh, this has been so much fun, Alex. If um, the listeners want to find you and connect with you more and and find more about you and your work, where is the best place for them to connect with you? And can you tell us about your work, please? Yeah. So right now my work is, first of all, the best place to connect with me right now is going to be Instagram. So we'll have a will. Yeah, I'll link that. I'll link your Instagram for you. Amazing. Um, yeah. So it's just Alexandra X Wyater. And then, um, I'll have a podcast launching in the next couple months and website under construction. So for the time being, Instagram will be the hub. Um, and right now, as I'm easing back into supporting women, you know, in a very deep and transformative way, I'm really focusing on one-to-one and that's feeling so good and juicy. Um, so in those one-to-one containers, it really just gets to be a space for unapologetic exploration of sensuality, of wealth, and how we how we fuse the two together energetically in the mind, body, and soul, like 5D, also 3D. Um, and then later so, is that just for women in business or do you support women in a career or stay-at-home moms? Such a good question. Across the spectrum, however purpose looks for you is what we dive into in that space. Um, and later on this year, I will be running a second intake of Unravel, which is essentially the everything that we've been chatting about in this podcast and really taking that a layer deeper and how can you apply that to your life and looking at specific practices and rituals for you to do so. Yes. And I was in your first round of your Unravel container and can vouch that it is incredible. So would definitely highly recommend Alex and her work. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story, sharing your knowledge. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Karen.